let's just go with it for the time for the time being. Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And uh, what this we're week's doing? Episode. Yeah, on um, this time I I can't say this week's episode anymore because that worked when I was doing an episode a week, and now uh, I just do episodes whenever. And this isn't even Halloween in July Part Four. No. So spoiler alert: it's not Halloween in July Part Four. Um, and there's no way I'm sitting on this podcast because the whole point of this podcast is that DJ and I decided to do a friendcation. Um, we rented an Airbnb where, unfortunately, we have no water. But we are out in Massachusetts, and we brought a bunch of video games and a bunch of anime and a computer and, like, a whole bunch of our own shit to just max and relax and act all cool. Um, but there's no b-ball to be had outside because there's no court. Because we're in literally the middle of nowhere. This is basically a cabin that you would go to summer camp in. Yeah. Uh, the Right down to the fact that there's no running water. No running water. There's dirt roads. Uh, everything's creaky. The door to the deck doesn't lock. So we're getting back to nature. And what we're doing when we get back to nature is play a lot of video games and record podcasts. And watch anime. And watch anime. Part which is what we're doing today. Which right. is what we're talking about today. Uh, part of uh, what is, this is, is we have called it because of when it's taking place. Octoberfest, yes. Uh, in honor of Octoberfest, that we are not able to go to, because it was always flirted with that we'd go eventually for COVID, or before COVID, and then COVID happened, and we missed our annual trip twice. Now, what mm -hmm. we wanted to, ha what would have been an annual trip, like we were planning Amsterdam, that got canceled. This year was going to be what Japan. That Craig said, if we can't do Amsterdam, I want to do Japan again. That got canceled. Obviously, uh -huh. we never even got to start planning it because it was immediately like. Oh, okay, it's not going to happen because fucking COVID's not going to clear out, which is okay. So instead, Octoberfest, or as my wife calls it, okay to bro-fest. Yes. Because it is, it, is, it is always okay to bro with your bros. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have uh, German beer, and we have brats, and, and, and it's just, aside from the no water that will hopefully be fixed today, it's been very peaceful, it's been very nice. And we have our metal steins, yes, let's and if you'd be so, let's be so kind... Oh, that was good. Yeah, clunk. see how small that line is. It's a tight line it's that not, goes it's all not the way up. It's blow out your ears. <laughs> we'll just hear a nice metallic clink, and then we'll. But today we're gonna do some anime talk, and here's why. Uh, months and months and uh, a year ago, <laughs> eh, it wasn't quite a year, but it was uh, a good six months ago. It was like before the summer. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good six months ago. It was in the spring, end of the winter, of the spring, um, when we were both full time work from home. Uh, we watched uh, Gurren Lagann. Which yes. is, what, is what's going to be predominantly what I want to talk about and what DJ has been act, looking forward to talking about. If you remember back in the day, we had that like big three-part tournament of the arcs. Oh, God. We compared, uh, we compared Hunter Hunter to One Piece. Right. A specific arc from each of them. Right. And we picked the wrong ones, but it, at the time, it was the right ones. So I'm not taking... I'm not, yes. I'm not letting the air out of what it was at the time. But in retrospect... Um, we took what is wildly considered to be the best arc of what Hunter Hunter, not in my opinion, but in public opinion, and put it against what, at the time of what you had seen and what we wanted to get to, well, and still is, by some. It is pretty widely considered to be the best arc of One Piece, not by either of us anymore, but right, and it is not also, by you ever, not by me anymore. And it is also very contentious. You have lots of people all over the spectrum. With how many arcs there are, that's natural. Um, all over the spectrum determining what's the best one peak arc and what water seven is always up in the top but rightfully so it is very good um but 
with how much you've seen, so let's get that out the way. You are now in uh, past the two-year time skip. Yes. You are just starting Return to Shabody. We watched some last night. Um, and you are about 300 episodes past, uh, 250 episodes past Water 7 now. Yes. There is better arcs than Water 7. <laughs> There's like two, minimum two better arcs you've seen so far. In my opinion, there's three better arcs so far that you've seen. Um, Shabody is my personal favorite and what I actually think is maybe the best arc in One Piece. Mm. Like, if I remove what I love about the show, like if I try, I'm not very good. I don't believe in true objectivity is something we talk about a lot when me and you get together um because it's like the antithesis of our friends who believe in true objectivity um i believe shabody is maybe objectively the best arc but then you get ennis lobby you get marine ford post marine ford is even fucking awesome in its own right yes thriller bark exists that's an arc that definitely is an arc right it's an arc so um, it's a mostly good arc so uh to to wrap up because i will spend this entire time talking about one piece and maybe we'll do another podcast just about one piece um i think uh in retrospect if those podcasts you had ever listened to i am i have i think i said it on another podcast i have officially changed my answer to water seven uh and lobby being better than chimera ant but that is not to discredit anything from chimera ant I talk about Hunter x Hunter with a lot of friends since then. Different friends have seen it. Albert has finally seen it. Phil had watched it after the fact. And the stuff I love about it is still very true. That fucking anime is awesome. It is really good. Uh, But the shit it does bad just burns me in a way I don't like. So uh, we'll do a One Piece podcast sometime soon. I want to know how you feel about everything up to then. We talk about it a lot, but I want to put it on record. Um, Now, since then, we've had a lot of time to watch anime, but very little time to podcast, as it turns out. So, we're going to do the big one that was always the plan to be the follow-up, and it was what we watched immediately next, Gurren Lagann. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spoiler alert, one of the best animes I've ever seen. Do we want to talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion as well? Because they're kind of companion pieces. There there is a lot I want to talk about. But there's a lot to unpack with each of those right. shows so, so the reason uh, why, i don't know maybe that should be our tournament of the arcs gurren Lagann versus, versus evangelion, evangelion. that yeah. would be fun um i would definitely rewatch some stuff to get another feel for it uh but what i want to what i want to say is is and i've talked to a lot of friends and i've, I've been on this journey the past six months since actually gurren Lagann was like the big kickoff of watching as many animes as i could specifically to get a better feel for what i like and what i don't like and a lot of that is what's made me really rethink Hunter Hunter, and a lot of that is what made me really double down on Gurren Lagann. So I've seen Gurren Lagann, Evangelion, uh, Evangenesis Neon-Gelion. There it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Devilman Crybaby, Berserk, Angel Beats, We Started Jujutsu Kaisen, I, uh, Mob Psycho, Code Geass I've started, watched all of Full Metal with you. 2003. Yep, the original. Here's the thing, and I know that you need to do this, and I understand. If, if if someone ever says Full Metal Alchemist to you and they don't say the word brotherhood, they are wrong and you are right for assuming 2003. You have to say brotherhood. You know, I kind of agree because, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll be a different podcast where we'll talk about 2003. It has its flaws, but it does not deserve right. to be erased by brotherhood. Right. And uh, not only is it not deserved to be erased, but that would be like asking someone if they've ever seen blank anime and then talking about the very last arc in the show like no you have to point out like have you seen water seven like have you seen whatever 
Oh, maybe it'd be like if you said, "Have you seen Star Wars?" and they immediately assume that it's like The Force Awakens or something. Yeah, or or have you seen Evangelion? And all they've seen is the rebuild movies, or like whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to clarify the version of it. So, just I've done this with like six friends now. If I say Full Metal Alchemist and you don't hear me say Brotherhood, I am talking about Full Metal Alchemist, the show titled Full Metal Alchemist, the one that came out first as. Anyways, I do want to do a podcast on that. I fucking love that show. I don't like the ending. Um, that show was very fun, which is why we've started Brotherhood today. Uh-huh. Super hyped. Love it way more already. Um, but I, I agree. Let's get that out the way as well. You pitched it. I agree just already. I agree full-heartedly. So many people told me, skip Full Metal. Just skip it. Watch Brotherhood. Skip it. Watch Brotherhood. They are wrong in every sense of the way. Hmm. And a bunch of the big ones are just like, the show... I think Brotherhood so far has rightfully not tried to um, force feed you information over again. So they know that you know Blank is a bad guy. They know you know Blank, uh, uh, the Elrics join, you know, the uh, what you call these, the alchemists. Like, they know all that. So they're just going to give it to you and you move on. So people who say skip the original is like, you're going to fucking lose them. It's not quite on the level of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming being like, we can just skip the build-up to right. Spider-Man. Because <laughs> right. they, they still go through all the beats, and you have like the jokes where it's like, okay, we need we need to have an Edda Elric a short joke, and he freaks yeah. out and someone calls The him older short. brother's the metal guy, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, these are all the old familiar jokes that you yeah. know and love. here. But we're not here to talk about Brotherhood today. Right. So if you're ever one of those people, though, don't ever recommend that they don't watch Full Metal. That's stupid. Um... So, yeah, let's get down to it. Let's not do Evangelion for, uh, anytime soon. Let's just focus on Gurren for a little while. Yeah, because that is the first one you watched. It, it was the very first anime I watched in this spree of what I just said, yes. all the shows. And I, at the moment and after it, could not love that show more. Mm. Originally, I put it in my top three immediately after watching it because I hadn't seen that many animes. Mm. And I think even if someone did that, they're totally just. It might not be in my top three anymore. But, yeah, people... Uh, I told you when I started it that I was told by most people it's really dumb. <laughs> and they're not wrong, but they're not right. Because <laughs> the first six episodes would lead you to believe this is a dumb show, dude. Like, it's not dumb as in um, not worth your time and unenjoyable. Dumb as in, like, literal, the intelligence behind the writing is just <laughs> like big guy or small guy gets big power, fights big bad guy. And that's rinse and repeat for the first six episodes. Fights literally come down to who screams harder. Right. You know, who believes more, who gets hornier is actually how he wins a fight yes, at Horniness is very important to this. <laughs> an- this is probably the horniest anime we watched. There's a actually a pretty good thematic reason for why it's so horny. but um, Yeah, actually, is it? Because we always joke about which animes are hornier than others. And, no, Evangelion's way hornier. Evangelion. Oh, well, it's way Evangelion's hornier. in a very different way. It's horny in a like, messed up way. Yeah, every everyone's very like repressed in Evangelion, whereas yeah. in Gurren Lagann, everyone's <laughs> just like in your face sexual all the time, and yeah. it doesn't bother anyone. Right. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna have my dick out here, and everyone's like, okay, that's that's <laughs> yeah. you do you. You're <laughs> just living your best life right there. Uh, you guys, this is the dick that will pierce the heavens. That's what we they say all the time. <laughs> yes, they do. So. Uh, and I, and I don't blame them for thinking that, but if you make it all the way to the end, which by the way, it's only 20 something episodes. It's not like I'm asking you to watch one piece. Um, 25, 24, something like might be 20, uh, might be 27. I remember it's a weird number of yeah. episodes. Well, whatever it is. Um, what was that? 
I heard something outside. Probably just the wind. I might have just done this. No, I definitely heard that. But I think it was a, um, if you make it, you know, through the twenty plus episodes, uh, and you get to the end, and you still think the story has nothing to say, and it's just Big Max fighting Big Max, I think you completely missed the point of the show. It's not this like deep philosophical god based story. Like, no, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's okay to be sad. Humans are terrible. Be better. That's fine. I mean, it's basically just about self expression. Yeah. Like, to live your life you live your best life no matter what anyone tells you don't let anyone put you in a box mm-hmm. i also think it in the slyest way possible pulls off what i will put in the top three deaths of all time in anime i was rock'em sock'em roboted so spoiler alert for the deaths we're going to talk about and the death right now in gurren Lagan. i put kamina's death right up there next to ace like Without even taking a second thought about it. I'm like, yeah, that goes there. Because that the show leads you to believe he's the he's not. You know he's not the protagonist. But you do think he's the goofy best friend, the sort of sensei, but doesn't actually know what he's talking about. Like you he's the hype man. He's Flava Flav. You don't kill off Flava Flav. That'd be like ki- well, I was gonna say that'd be like killing Krillin, but Krillin dies. That was a bad analogy. Let me just go. Let me, Krillin dies the, several yeah, times. Let me, let me not. Th- It'd be like killing Karapika or Leorio or Killua. Like it to me, it felt like that. Yeah, but no one, no one dies in Dragon Ball Z. Right, they um, come back and. But death is very permanent in Gurren Lagann. Yeah, very very permanent. <laughs> That's kind of one of the themes of it. Yeah, and I just I was I was, and it's early. Well, it's a short anime, so I don't know if it's early in relativity. It's like seven episodes in. I know so it's, it's it's ten. He's, he's there for like he's it's, there for like a third of the series. Yeah, he's there for almost a full third of the series. And but there's more, more of the series without him than with him. Yeah, but he never goes away, which I liked. Mm. He, they they don't that show doesn't beat you over the head with the lessons of Kamina. It does a little bit at first. Well, here's but, the here's the difference though. So, all right. Just to set up, we have the the main trio is Simone is the main character. Yep. He's a little wimp. Very clearly Simone, not Simon. Yes. Uh, he's a little wimp, uh, but he looks up to Kamina. Mm-hmm. And when Kamina is hyping him up, he's capable of great things, but he just doesn't have that in himself right. at the beginning of the series. Right. Kamina, he's older than Simone. He's Simone's big bro. Right. And They uh, call him big bro all the time, yeah. Yeah, he's a hype man. He he does he lives his life freely. He does what he wants regardless of what it if anyone tells him to do something he doesn't want to do, he won't. And yeah, his introduction is and... his introduction is he's basically Aladdin in the first scene in Aladdin. He's riffraff street rat kind of causing trouble for the definitely causing trouble for for the higher-ups just because he doesn't believe that what they're doing's right. He's just like fucking no, you're wrong. We don't need to be down here. You're starving us. You're a dickbag. The dude's feeding what rat moles to people. Like, yeah, this is terrible. Like underground pig moles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he believes there's something more out there. And from the rip, it's not like a hidden thing. He's not like the gonna become the inspirational guy. No, you see him and he's like, "Fuck these people in charge. There's so much more out there. We can do anything." Every time the camera is on him, he needs to be chewing the scenery at all times. Yeah, explaining what he is about and what he wants yeah. to do. It, it, it is, <laughs> so you know when you're watching a movie, or you're watching a show, or you're watching a cartoon, or you're watching anime, and they like to point out that, this was in a totally not Mark review, uh, totally not Mark review of, of, of Marineford, and a character stops a scene for exposition, 
and there's like th two different ways it can work one it feels unnatural and feels like it's mostly exposition i like to call that the kevin smith style you're just talking for the sake of talking the other is that there is a distracting scene going on that allows them to do something like this good example is dofi in marineford he gets his little monologue but it's not like the world stops around him. No, he is reveling in the chaos and death around him. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. The big mm. difference is whether it feels like they stopped the scene to explain right. something to you, the viewer, or whether it feels like you're organically getting that information right. through a scene that the characters would do. Like, the last Airbender movie is the right. worst about just, hey, did I ever tell you about how I raided the Great Library and learned a lot <laughs> yeah. about the moon spirit? Yeah, that, okay, fair point. Uh, and Kamina exists kind of in a realm of his own for that. <laughs> like, he's able to have his cake and eat it too. The scene does stop, but it does it in a way where it's like, everyone can't believe that he's taking the time to do this. Everyone's like, really? <laughs> like, we're clearly doing shit, Kamina. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I gotta get this out there. And and he kind of, like, makes his own little pocket in that, in that two-part diet. It's a Venn diagram of the two circles he's right in the center. Like, he's the overlap. And I, yeah. I think that's glorious. I tend to disrespect a lot of shows when they do a lot of, like, heroicism for the sake of it and bravado for the sake of it and all that bullshit. And I don't know why, but Kamina's is, like, the perfect version of it. Like, it's the new bar. Before, I had nothing to base it off of. Before, I had, it's just dumb and I don't like it. Now, I have, it's dumb and I don't like it because Kamina did it right. And you're doing it wrong. Like, that's my bar for the character that just wants you to know how fucking cool he is, but it doesn't come off as corny. He's fucking cool. <laughs> I love Kamina. Now, it, the important thing is that when Kamina dies, Simon's immediate reaction is to try to be exactly like Kamina. To try yeah. to become the replacement Kamina. And the show treats that as a bad thing. Yeah. That's not what Kamina's about. He wants to inspire people to be the Them best self, self yeah. that they can be. Not, not an Kamina. imitation. Yeah. And they also do, uh, his death is also not free. Like, his death isn't like, oh, you had to kill him for the plot. No, like, he's in the middle of the, uh, of the thick of it. They're getting their shit kicked. And he could either escape or win his fight. But at that point in time, Simone is having a mental breakdown. And Kar Kamina knows that he has to literally... I think he knew he was going to die. Like, he had to sacrifice it to go and be like, Simone, quit fucking around. Oh, yeah, he basically, he gets mortally injured and then basically gets back up and goes, all right, got to save Simone one more time. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he could do anything else. But because Simone has the potential he knows he has and Simone has the personality that he believes he's capable of having and inspiring and obviously the power. It doesn't hide that Simone has a special power with Gurren Lagann. Uh, with Gurren, not Lagann. What, which one is it? Uh, that, the head is Gurren. Logan's the head. Gurren's okay. the body. There we go. And he knows that Simone has that. Like, he can't let him be less than what he lives up to. Right. Don't believe in the me that believes in you. Believe in the you that believes in you. No, no. He says, uh, Simone's just like, I can't do it. I don't believe in myself. And Kamina yells at him, don't believe in yourself. Believe in the me that believes in you. He does say that, but then before he dies, he oh, says, yeah. believe in the you that believes in you. <laughs> right, right. So, and that's actually... So, like, yeah, early on, Kamina wants to inspire Simon because Simon right. can't inspire himself. Yeah. But when Kamina's about to die, he's like, all right, I'm gone now. You need to find your own inspiration. Yeah, you need to get there uh, with your own resolve because I can't do it. And then mm -hmm. you think it's going to be a fake-out death. Like, it looks like the traditional... 
the guy oh, is yeah, down. Oh yeah, he rallies now. back. And yeah, saves the day. Yeah, whether it's uh, someone jumping in and giving him the the jolty needs, or like earlier in that show, the show sets the precedent that the way these mechs work, specifically Logan, is through not willpower, but it's spirit. called spiral energy. Spiral energy. It's mostly it, your it's spirit. basically willpower. Nah, I think it's more your spirit. It is. Um, it's a lot of things because. You can get spiral energy from just being inspired right. or being hyped up. Well, so or, one uh, of the big being horny sometimes. Yeah, so one of the times in the show before Kamina dies, he literally ramps up Logan by looking at the boobies of uh, the main girl. What's her name? Yoko. Oh yeah, Yoko is the last of the main three. The show is kind of confused on what to do with her. Sometimes they use her to really good effect. Yeah. And other times they just seem unsure of why she's around. Yeah, I think the second half does her better than the first half. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's fine. Uh, but the whole like setup for why Kamina dies is that Simone, who's in love with Yoko, sees Yoko and Kamina kiss, and uh-huh. that like makes him so his spirit spiral energy is all out of whack, and he can't pilot like he should. So that's when Kamina's like, "I don't fucking care what's driving you nuts right now. There's something more important going on. Be Simone, smack." She like, or he like punches, he kicks the shit out of him, um, which is awesome. Simone does it later to the uh, douchebag. I don't remember yeah, Rossio. Um, so I like her. Yoko's wonderful. I think the second half uses her a lot better by showing that she's actually not just a booby-laden sniper. Like, she has dreams and inspiration. She wants to teach. She wants to help people. Like, all that shit's awesome. Right. Um, but uh, I think my favorite thing about that show and the whole theme of the show is um, you are responsible for yourself in every way, and you have what it takes to keep yourself going and make yourself worthwhile but you also need to be there for each other because like that's like we can inspire each other we can build each other up right but ultimately at the end of the day we are our own person because that's something i get into an argument a lot with a lot of friends um is like the difference between selfishness selfish selflessness and where they overlap like yeah, you are responsible for your own actions, and you do have to take responsibility and live up to what you are. But at the same time, you are a part of everyone's lives. Like, you have a responsibility and a duty to be there and help them as well. And I think that's actually a big part of that um, Rossio's and the previous story and the follow-up story where he kind of follows in the footsteps of his father by being a really terrible person. Um, it's never one or the other. Every choice you make influences both. So, like, true selfishness would be, like, being Kamina and telling everyone to go fuck off. Mm-hmm. And to selfless, true selflessness would be, like, being Kamina and just going and dying without telling anyone why. Like, it, it's, it's, the show does a really good job, especially the end, the final where you're going through the anti-spiral. And the guy's talking about just, like, you fucking humans don't get it. You're all greed. You don't know what it means to do anything for anyone. You're gonna, you're a snake that eats its own tail, like, you're useless. You're you're destructive. You're a virus. And then Simone's like, "No, we're not. Go fuck yourself. I'm gonna throw a galaxy at you." Like it's. It, I don't know how to express it um, without like using direct examples. And I don't want to offend anyone in case anyone listens to this. But like, when you choose to make a choice for yourself, you are justified. But you also need to understand how that affects those around you and try to make it positive. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. It's incredible. The other thing that's very constant thematic, and this is where we can talk about the antagonists of the show. The antagonists are awesome. So, at first, basically what it is, is humanity has been driven into underground colonies, and the surface is run by this race of, like, hybrid animal people called Beastmen. They're like humanoid animal, 
hybrids. Yeah. There's like a bunny one and whatever. Yeah. Um, What's Viral is something. Yeah, he's like a snake dude, kind of. He's like kinda, Voldemort looking. But he's got like wolf hands or something. Yeah. I, I, I actually am not entirely clear on what Viral is supposed he's to be. He's a beast be. man. Anyway. But... He's a beast man. <laughs> yeah. um, so the beast men have been oppressing the humans. Uh, they are led by this big dude named Lord Genome. That's his name, Lord Genome. Lord Genome, yep. That's a good uh, name. Who has, like, created them. He, like, he cloned all the Beastmen. He's ostensibly human-ish, but he's also, like, s- super infused with spiral energy. And can just yeah, do cr- so... There's one part where he just starts kicking the shit out of Logan on foot because they break his mech, so he just gets out of it <laughs> yeah. and just starts... They do They do a good job of showing um, that he is just human later, kind mm. of. Um well, because spiral energy is very, like, clearly a human thing. Right, uh, but you can well, abuse they, they it. They say that there's, like, spiral races, and human is one of them. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, right. Um, um, so you think he's the big bad, like, the overlord emperor. Right. But, so, the hu- you have, like, layers to it. Like, the first antagonist you meet, really, is the, the chief of the colony that Simone and Kamina live in, who is, like... Hey, look, this is the way life is. We're stuck down here. You don't go to the surface. People who go to the surface die. You you stay here. You exist. This is the way the world works, and you exist within the rules of the world. Kamina rejects that. Then you go up to the Beastmen, and the Beastmen, Lord Genome, we later learn, is doing this as a big uh, method of population control. Because there's, there's a hard timer. There, there's an alien race called the Anti-Spiral who are dedicated to wiping out all spiral life before it takes hold because they're afraid, as you said, they're like a virus. They'll spread through the universe unchecked and wipe out everything if you let them grow past a certain threshold. So the anti-spiral came down, wiped out humanity, and basically told Lord Genome, if humanity, if there ever becomes more than a thousand humans on this planet, or no, a million humans, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a million. If there's ever more than a million humans on this planet, we're going to come back and we're going to glass you. Yeah. So. And they put an official timer up, like when it shows the time skip, there's like an actual population counter. So Lord Genome is just carrying out this oppression because, again, that's the rules. That's yeah. the universe as he understands it. You don't reach beyond that because. There's people more powerful than you telling you you shouldn't. Right. So, much like the foreman, he's just trying. He's trying to work within the confines that the that the universe has given him. And Simone rejects that. Yeah. You find that out. All that all that exposition comes like in the final climax of the fight between mm-hmm. them. It's like it's not a setup or anything. You don't know that until right then. And then finally, the anti-spiral come out, and they're like, "Yeah, if if you're allowed to reproduce, you'll destroy yourselves eventually. You need to work within the rules of the world if yeah. you if you want to continue to exist." And yeah. finally, at the end, everyone rejects that. So yeah. there's a big reoccurring theme of don't live your life by someone else's rules. Right. Oppression sucks. Yeah. Uh, and they question question those rules and if they don't make sense reject them so that's that's like plot a theme right those are the two big antagonists uh the guy and then the anti-spirals but the b b thread is that that same theme exists within humans themselves when you meet rossier and his father oh rossi yeah absolutely right they're they're also um they both come they both start in the first half and they both come back in the second half so you meet him, he's underground in, you know, all 
basically everything's uh, all humans live in separate cities underground. None of them connect to each other. All of them have different rules. All the people are in pretty shitty conditions. And in this one, they all believe in a god that no one knows about because no one can read except the all. What do they call him? The All Father? They call him. What are they? I, I can't remember. He, yeah, he's like he's the chief of the village. Right, though. he's the chief, and he has the Bible, which he also can't read. You find out. But... He wrote that much later that he <laughs> yeah. cannot read the Bible. Yeah. But the point of what he's doing is basically the same thing. They have a rule that if the population within their underground tunnel exceeds like thirty people, yeah, it sounds like forty. Forty people, um, you get expelled to the surface, which means you die. You just, I mean, more or less, you technically aren't killed, but you get expelled to the surface. And they just all go with it until Kamina and Simone and Yoko show up, and they're like, "This is fucked," because they're about to send two children out. Yes, like they do it by lottery. It's it's yeah, completely blind lottery. It's Hunger Games. They Hunger Games it, and. you know they fight it it's a it's a two episode thing they they end up fighting against him and rocio's like okay i'm leaving and the father's like okay i understand by the way here's the shit that's going on and you're gonna learn this whatever and then after Kamina dies they fight the spiral they kill him they uh it's a seven year time skip where they've evolved at an alarming rate massive cities flying cars the whole nine they do have technology they, they do have robots that can combine with other robots yeah they go full uh, voltron <laughs> and uh rosie is uh, in a position of power and because simon's the emperor simon's never really yeah he, he's basically like the figurehead leader but he was never really interested in yeah. like governing or anything like yeah Simon, by this point, has figured out how to be his own thing. He's become a hero in his own right. And he became the ruler purely because he beat the bad guy before him. Yeah, he was the big symbolic leader of this revolution. So he becomes a figurehead leader, but he really has no interest in governing. Yeah. And he leaves it all to Rossiu, who Which, uh, what happens is uh, population exceeds a million. Anti-spirals come and fuck everything up. And Rossio pins it on uh, Simon. So everyone revolts against him, and uh, then they try to execute him. They put him in prison, and Rocio becomes the leader, and Simone's like, don't you see what you're doing? Like, you're literally doing the exact same thing that happened underground. I mean, like, Rocio even says, like, look, I don't like that I have to do this, but this is what I have to do. This is... This is what has been imposed on me, yeah. and I, I, I can't do anything other than that. Yeah. Rossio's biggest flaw is that he can't think outside the box that the world yeah. puts him in. And he doesn't have a big revelation until the anti-spirals come down, about to destroy the planet. You get in Gurren Lagann, everybody gets together, they, they they group up, they fly into outer space, they get bigger, the mech get bigger, then they meet the Antispiral, yada, yada, they yada. Give a, Simone gives a speech that's so cool that the Antispiral just, like, self-destructs on itself. It's More or less. pretty it, much what happens. And, like, that, that interaction, right? Because it, it does a lot of really cool imagery. The art in the show in the second piece, like, the final three episodes, the final two episodes, is insane. You're in, like, this no-man's land, you're fighting with galaxies but you're also existing outside of space-time the anti-spiral is like a um tv static outline of a person Uh um and the conversation they have is like we've talked about already it's all those same things back and forth and yeah simone's just like listen you don't fucking get it like even if that is the case here's what we're doing so everyone talks about how the end of the the series is that where, where you have a robot as big as the universe throwing galaxies at another robot as big as yeah. the universe and that's true that does happen that is but the real true. climax of the show is actually just a philosophical debate 
between Simone and his crew and the anti-spiral leader. Yeah. Uh, and the crew all get like trapped in a dream sequence, and Simone's yeah, it, the first to break like out. It's like a Lotus Eater so, sort of deal, where it's yeah. like, oh, this is like an ideal dream for them, where they've got everything they wanted. And, yeah. Like, Simone's just running around with Kamina doing crimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's actually a really jarring episode, because it doesn't let you know that, like, it doesn't do a cool... Uh, scene change or like a introspection dive or nothing it's just like all of a sudden you're in normal world and Kamina and him are in a city running around stealing bread and shit and you're like right. what what but you know Simone eventually figures it out breaks through it and then he's basically like lucid dreaming in this thing yeah. and he gets to have like one last conversation with Kamina which is really good yeah um, and Kamina like tells him he's proud of him and that he can keep doing this oh it's great yeah oh, it's so good it's really awesome and that's they don't show Kamina before that. You get, like, one or two flashbacks. The show does not hammer on him visually. They hammer on him thematically. Everyone's constantly talking about how the, they the can do it. The city that they make is called Kamina City. Yeah. Like, everything in, going on around you. He has a giant statue of himself in the middle of it. Is, is inspired by. But they don't do the thing that shonens and stuff do, which is flashback, flashback, flashback. We have to remind you. We have to remind you. Like, they only do that a, a handful of times, just, like, with him posing, saying... Uh, you have the drill that will pierce the heavens. Uh, the, sorry, the dick that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in in the end, you know, it is technically a drill piercing the heavens. Instead, it's just the Giga Ultimate Galactic Drill piercing <laughs> uh, weird flame robot led by TV static. It's So like I said, the actual what you're watching is not the most fucking... Uh, uh, guys with PhDs writing Futurama bullshit. Like, no, it's it's pretty it's corny. It's not hard sci-fi. Right. It's, it's, not, it's never pretends to and be, And it doesn't... So. That's the big thing. And, and, like, everything in a story, whether it be good, bad, smart, dumb, evil, uh, just, whatever, all that kind of bullshit that, that, that you would use to describe a show, as long as it stays within its rules and doesn't try to lead you somewhere else, which I will complain about many other shows doing, then it's completely fine and staying in that lane. Gurlogan from episode 1 to episode 27 is big balls-to-the-wall action, mechs fusing that don't make too much sense, go with it. It never tries to change that. The escalation's pretty logarithmic, but none of it feels like it's outside the realm of what the show right. is. It's, it doesn't go from tiny little head login to galactic spaceship. It lets you get there by a very organic, albeit silly, method. It's just, <laughs> you're, you're rolling. There's actually a really good scene in it where it shows you just how uninterested it is with hard sci-fi stuff. Where um, they're getting ready to fight the anti-spiral. And Liron, who is a character we haven't met... There's a lot of characters in this show. Yeah, and but... some of them are more important than others. No, that's not true. All of them are important, but they all get moments um, that if you're not invested in that character don't mean much to you, but they're still really cool. It, it, I feel like it fits within the theme of the show, yeah. though. Everyone's kind of their own person, yeah. even if they're not that important. The dude that looks up to Kamina, the brother of the gang of black uh, Kitan. Yeah, he like he's got his own thing going. Even the villain we talked about, Snake Guy with wolf hands. Viral, yeah. Viral has one of the most fat. He is not important to the series at all. He literally shows up, gets his shit rocked by Kamina, and spends the rest of the show being like, "I cannot believe that dude beat me. I'm gonna disobey every order. I'm going to kiss ass to try to get better equipment so I can go and try." All I want to do is fight Kamina. Oh, he's dead? Well, then I'm going to fuck up Simon. I don't care that he's dead. I've got a new... Like, he never... He's not special. But at the same time, they don't... He's not generic. Like, he has a character. He has a yeah, story. He's there through the whole series. Yeah, he's he there a, at the end. 
He's with them fighting the anti-spiral. In fact, his fate at the end is that uh, Lord Genome makes him immortal just so that he can carry on the record of what happened. Right. He basically becomes like, he's the Watcher. He's not stronger, but he just can't die. Yeah, he becomes the Watcher. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the series, he's the one who is going to be alive forever to basically record all of human history and from he, that point on. He gets a few nice little moments where he kind of like says out loud, or I can't remember if it was in his head, like, remember this shit that happened and where we're going with it Mm -hmm. um and there's also we haven't even got to talk about the love interest the daughter of nia nia we'll get to nia we have to talk about nia a little bit but i wanted to point out the scene with liron because oh yeah yeah so liron is like the tech guy he's the engineer guy he's the one he's a super gay flamboyant engineer who is incredibly good at machines and loves to let you know that you're not hmm I do like, though, how they play this character, again, with this show being very sex positive. No one's weirded out by Liron. Everyone Everyone's goes just like, oh, no, Liron, he's great. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's super gay, and he, that's definitely what he's into, but that's his thing, so. Yeah. He, he, he's a very, fu- actually, um, Code Geass has its own character, not a gay person, but uh, the guy in charge of the White Knight robot. What's that guy's name? Shit. Oh, the not not suzaku but suzaku's handler yeah yeah i can't remember his name it's the same guy same character um he doesn't super care what's going on he's just really got to keep this mech under control please don't fuck with my machinery like i've got this and it's funny but yeah but liron is you know he's the tech guy so he's the guy who knows things yeah and there's one scene where they're getting ready to fight the anti-spiral and Liron's just going through this big explanation with all this like techno babble, like, well, there's going to be like a field and we have to get through the field yeah. and, and he's saying all these big words and it cuts to like everyone else and they're just like staring off into space like blankly and they're just like Okay. What what was that? What what did you just say? And he's like you shoot it. we're gonna shoot him with the big gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that's just what you need to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Like, you handle that shit. We're the, not worried about it. The show is very uninterested yeah. in the uh, in the hard Which sci-fi element. is something, we can talk about this for a few minutes, it's actually something I wish Neon Genesis did more. It, I, I feel like it is very much a contrast to Neon yeah. Genesis Evangelion, because that show is really big in its uh, technobabble. Like, and it's not Oh very... yeah, the, the AT field is going yeah. to uh, progress past the... Uh, and the, it's... The three wise men, the supercomputers... Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it'll burrow into the geo front and i'm just throwing words here this doesn't mean anything yeah, it doesn't really mean anything in the show well, either you watched that episode with me if i had watched it on my own i would have been way more upset but the fucking hacker episode that was the dumbest bullshit ever it was like the the main scientist's mother who's passed away had a secret code she wrote on post-it notes inside of one of the evas that they had to, or not the evas the brain of the evas that they had to get into and the angels were super hacker manning it past entire... this code wall, this code wall, this code wall, and you're like, yeah. And the entire episode is just them screaming at the computer, yelling techno babble, hitting at keyboards like... harder. And the worst thing is that like none of that comes back. No, none of it matters. It doesn't. Nothing before leads to that. Uh, it does come back once. Um, mm. Towards the end, right before the the finale, um, what's her name? The doctor has to run back into that brain. Uh, Rito. Rito. She has to run back into that brain to get some note that would help start the, um, what do they call it? The, uh, instrumentality. So, like, there's one moment where you understand what her mom was and all that shit. Mm. But the way it introduces that information is, like, the driest, makes no sense. None of that technical jargon comes back to be explained in any way. But in that episode, 
Hacker Man, you gotta be a part. It's fucking. Oh, nice. just so we don't get accused of being really disingenuous to Eva here. Um, we get Eva. I um, loved Eva, and we like it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like it more than Gurren. I but it is close to being an equal. I just it it's it does it gives me gives me satisfaction in the artistic styling, the imagery, and the final meaning at least what i interpret let's just say that what i interpret as a final meaning it does give me that gurren lagan gives me that same stuff but also hype mm-hmm. gurren lagan gives me excitement well, hype is kind of antithetical to evangelion when it comes right down yeah. to it yeah no 100 percent. actually it mostly which is why the end of evangelion movie i hate so much like what what why why did you try to oh the the main the red-headed girl's death she didn't Asuka. Asuka did not die in Evangelion. In End of Evangelion, she very clearly dies, and she goes out like some fucking war hero. It was stupid. It did her character no justice. Yeah, okay. She fought till the end because she has issues with her mom thinking she's not good. No, fuck all that. She has so many more issues than just that, that her going out in a coma and becoming part of the instrumentality is way better. (laughs) Is so much better. She's arguably the worst person in the show. Like, in terms of, like, moral and ethics? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. ethically and morally the worst <laughs> human. I mean, you can give her kind of a pass because she's a kid. Yeah. So, like, but a lot of it is just emotional immaturity, but still. The movie just... I just... We'll do a whole episode on Evangelion one day. I just... It's, I, you know I, what it I is? Just wanted to, it's irresponsible. <laughs> the movie is irresponsible to the story. I just wanted to say that, yes, we, we paid enough attention. We actually know what an AT field is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, That's the, kind of beside the point we're making yeah, here. You you learn and understand what everything is. It's needless in the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Especially in regards to Shinji. None of this means anything to Shinji, which is what i understand to be the whole point of the story (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's a story about shinji so uh anyways um yeah i would like to do a whole uh evangelion one but for now gurren lagan uh yeah i mean i brought it up at the beginning it's pretty much impossible to talk about gurren lagan without talking about evangelion unless you've never seen evangelion yeah which if we had done this podcast when we wanted to i wouldn't have yet um but i'm very happy to have seen them both like i said i I hold them very close to each other for very different reasons Mm. um but I, I just, I think Gurren Lagann is, so I have an issue with the way Philip's watching One Piece. He, he's so he, watching the dub. There well, you go. so there's, there's Step the A. Issue. Might as well just burn his house down. <laughs> step A is the dub. Step B is, um. I'm actually not a sub elitist. I like dubs in a lot of things. Just wanted to get that out there. So far I've been fine with most of the dubs I've been watching. I watched the dub of Evangelion. That was good. Um, he's watching it. Not mostly, but a very large amount of it as a background show. Some shows that is okay. And One Piece could be argued that it's okay to be that kind of show. And I would not, you know, obviously I disagree, but I wouldn't, you know, hold it against you. So that's why I say I'm not like a, I'm not really against Phil Forth. But Gurren Logan is the kind of show that can lull you into a sense of Zoids. It can make you think it's a show to watch in the background. And I disagree full-heartedly. I think Erlogan, for how short it is and how much it tries to do in those 27F whatever, I think you should watch that show. Like, you should take in everything. Not everything. Nobody's capable of that. But you know what I mean. Dragon Ball Z, put on, jump in and out. Heck, even Yu Yu Hakusho up until you get past the third arc. Like, put it on, watch it, listen, uh, watch the dub, whatever, all that good stuff. 
One Piece, no, I think you need to watch all of it specifically because of how that show is supposed to evolve with you. Gurren Lagann, you should watch every second of it. It Dude, does have a couple clip show episodes, though. And those ones, cook dinner during those. And then <laughs> sit back down for an hour and watch three full episodes, and then tomorrow watch three full episodes, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because um, I think it has a lot more to say than it shows. Mm-hmm. Or not than it shows, than it implies. Like I said, people call it dumb, well, those people don't get I it. I feel like people do a disservice to it. Be- because a lot of people, what sticks with them about the series is the hype. So that is what a lot of people sell the show on. He's gonna, this he's gonna become Gurnlogan, but more. And you're like, yeah. yeah. The, the robots are so big, and they can do. They have so much power. They can throw galaxies, yeah. and that's all true. That's all there in the show, but it's not really what the show's about. I mean, the show does a good curveball episode where um, the old man leads them to a, a smoky spa that they have to yeah. go Technically, to. Technically, that's one of the recap episodes, but yeah, true. it's a pretty watchable one because everyone's dicks out the whole time. Yeah, so. they get like tri- tricked, I guess, kind of into a spa in a foggy forest that turns out to just be a mech led by beastmen trying to capture them. It's a weird episode, but it's very good, and it kind of throws you off the trail of like, wait, what are we doing? Um, I forgot that was a clip show episode. And then it's immediately followed up by the two-parter with Lens and Commonest Death. So yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Um, and, and I just... I can't say enough good things about Gurren Lagann. I, I do think it's not... I don't think it I don't think it passes my top three just because One Piece and Berserk are impossible to pot, pass, and I don't know what my third would be at this current moment. Mm. Um, probably Devilman Crybaby. Uh, but everything it does right, it fucking nails man it's so good it's very good it's so good it's so exciting and it's so easy to watch it's it's digestible as all hell like i'm having trouble a little bit with code geass because it is a little bit you know it's code geass is is i think we've talked about this i think you actually said it evangelion and and gurren Lagann on the scale of mech shows are both on one end they're philosophical mech shows that are not necessarily about mechanical hardware and war. Far on the other side, you've got um, you've got Gundam. Um, Gundam and the whole se- not the whole series, but a lot of different Gundams, which is like military strategist chess playing, yeah. all about the armor. The robots all about aren't the guns. magical; they're just vehicles in yeah. which you do war. And yeah, they're, they're subject to physics and such. Yeah, and then like right in the middle is code geass for me you get the fun shit of the other two with like the power to get people to do what you want one time and you get the fun shit with like the britannia overlords that are kind of fucky in some ways and better and smarter than you at everything and then you also get the very obvious mechanical side of everything like code geass is mechanical no doubt it is but one thing about code geass is that the mechs are it's kind of a, a mech show that's not about mechs um which one code geass yeah well so all of the ones we talked about besides gundam are kind of mech shows that aren't about the mechs well i I guess actually i guess that's kind of true with a lot of them actually i am going to say that is despite the fact that you find out that they are not mechs evangelion is maybe the most about mechs of the three yeah, and there are no <laughs> robots in that show. Well, and there's no robots in it, but, like, the idea of the Evas, why they're made, their plot points, like, they're yes, ma- they, it is maybe the most mech show. Is, it is very centralized around them. Obviously, the Gurren Lagann is a pretty big deal in Gurren Lagann, but... Right. Um, honestly, though, I would say of the three, in Code Geass, the mechs are the least important. Like, what have you got? 
Like, the, the main character doesn't even have a cool custom mech. He just kind of pilots whatever he's got on hand at whatever time. Yep. Yeah. Um, the only, like, cool... He actually like, gives his good shit to everyone else. The only, like, cool, this is the mech that's definitely meant to sell toys is Suzaku's, the Lancelot, which... That's what it's called. I was trying to think. I yeah. called it the White Knight one, yeah. And the Lancelot, don't get me wrong, is very cool and very Gundam. Like, yes. that is literally a Gundam design. Well, again, Kogias is, uh, is made by, what is it, Sunrise? So, yeah. I mean, Clamp's the animation studio, but Sunrise is... Yeah. The Gundam people, so yeah. there, there's not a non-zero amount of Gundam yeah. in. Kogi no, we House should watch DNA. Zoids sometimes. Fucking Zoids. Not, not <laughs> the Zoids that is. No, I know, I know what you mean. I okay. know what you mean. I don't want the good Zoids. I don't want the Zoids that people like. I want Liger Zoids. I want the <laughs> the Cartoon Network Zoids. I don't remember what the that one is literally just called Zoids. The other one's called like Zoids the something something. It's it's got an it's got a subtitle. Um, subtext, whatever the fuck. I want to see Liger and all of his transformations because I owned that game and it was awesome and I had a bunch of the toys. Zoids is my life. Zoids, to me, you know what? I'm kind of scared to watch it because um, when Charles and I got into building models, I was super into Mobile Fighter G Gundam, which everyone told me is a bad Gundam with very racist overtones. And, I mean, it is that. And it's very silly. And I was like, no, I watched it growing up. I loved it. It's great. And it hit me like all the other... I know a lot of the ones I say are controversial, but this one I think is obviously all right. It hit me as like on rewatch with Charles. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, this isn't very good. Like, it's good for what it's, I want, but it's, it's, it's not... It's cheesy. It's yeah. corny. G Gundam is an adaptation of Street Fighter 2, right down to the fact that everyone is like a caricature of what country they come from. Oh, God, yeah, they are like bad, too. The <laughs> The Mexican one has a sombrero and cactus hands. Like, the, the American one is just a boxer. The Dutch one is a windmill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Egyptian one's just the Sphinx. Yeah. Um. So... I feel like if I go back and watch the Liger Zoids that I want to watch, I'll have a, a, a Mobile Fighter G situation, mm. and I don't want to do it. That's that is actually the exact reason why I won't watch um, the Gundam that is the small ones. Uh, SD Gundam. SD Gundam. I <laughs> loved SD Gundam as a kid. I was like twelve. When I those actually bet came out. SD Gundam would hold up better than a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. but uh, maybe I'll avoid Zoids for that because there's been a lot of shows. Avoid that the Zoid. Avoid it. There's been a lot of shows that have been done dirty mm. post adulthood, mm. and I maybe I'm not very good at looking at le- things through a lens of when I was younger. And I fa- like Avatar is obviously the most controversial one. That is widely considered a critical darling, and everyone loves it. And I'm just like, this is not. I it was my it was my favorite show when me Charles Ryan and Andy were watching it growing up. I own all the DVDs because of it, or of season one. I thought it was great. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, what is this? And obviously, I'm in the wrong. I know that. I'm not trying to convert anyone. season one's not very good. But even people who love it are, like, Logan almost stabbed me for saying that I didn't like it because I couldn't rewatch it again through season one. I did an one. entire podcast on it, and we even admitted on the podcast uh, that season one's not very good. I, I just, we trashed an entire episode. Yeah, well, there's a couple episodes that are worthwhile of trashing, not there just... There are, there are. Yeah, so um, I'm worried about that happening for more shows because it's happened for a lot of things, like Beetleborgs, which is better than Power Rangers, but still very bad. That no, Beetleborg is good. Beetleborg is <laughs> so bad, dude. <laughs> no, okay. Um, not very good. The one that it hasn't happened to, 
Teen Titans still fucking rules. Teen Titans still good, yeah. Yes, Teen Titans still rules. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho still rules, but anime is separate from American child cartoons, so it's a little different. Uh, so let's let's talk about the end. Let's bring it around and talk about the ending of Gurren Lagann. Right, 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 right. So Nia is a character we haven't talked about. Yes, she gets introduced right after Kamina dies. The very next episode, right? Yes. Yeah, he finds her in a chest in a trash pit. Yeah, a chest, a trash pit that is full of all these boxes. Yeah. And it turns out that she is the clone daughter of Lord Genome, but also has some big, deep connection with the anti-spiral. So, she is just the daughter of Genome when you meet her. Yes. Well, actually, she's nothing when you meet her. The big, the big important thing when you meet her, though, is that she joins the crew after Kamina dies. She yeah. is the one person who didn't know Kamina. Mm-hmm. And everyone's basically in a funk of, like... Yeah. What do we do after Kamina's gone? Like, how can we live up to Kamina? And she just sees them all as they are. Like, I don't know Kamina. I understand he must have been very important to you. Yeah. She tries to cook and she's terrible at it. Yeah. Arguably the worst. She meets Simone and she likes who Simone is, Mm -hmm. regardless of Kamina's influence. And so everyone else is looking to Simone like, why can't you be like Kamina? And Nia's just like, well, why don't you just be Simone then? Yeah, yeah. And her big reveal is uh, this uh, scorpion lady comes to fuck their shit up, and right before she goes to kill Simone, Nia steps out, and she's like, oh, Princess! We can't... Whoa! And she's like, go home, you bastard. Uh, which is where the scorpion lady goes back, and you find out that she was discarded. And right. then later you find out that she's one of hundreds, if not thousands, of children of his that have literally been thrown away when they question their existence yes all they have to do is ask him why do i exist and why are we doing this and he goes that's defective (laughs) yeah send it out the window and he puts him in a box and kicks him to the dump it's it's fucking insanely dark thematic placement for that like that show has not dealt with something like that yet common to dying is whatever obviously there's the slave labor underground but like what uh, and then, um, when you get to the end, you find yeah. out. So when they when they hit the the limit, when they hit the one million people limit, yeah. and the anti-spiral a very evil looking anti spiral machine thing comes down to fuck them up. Mm-hmm. I I thought about that while watching Neon Genesis. It's like the eighth Eva that shows up is this cube thing. Uh huh. It's very similar to the anti-spiral thing that comes the anti-spirals are kind of like the angels coming down it's the second impact has happened yeah it's the same shape but the other thing that they do is they basically hijack nia to be their mouthpiece right they say that because of the way she was created it wasn't organically it was like a weird clone like she's not technically spiral or something like that she she has like anti-spiral coding in her dna or something yeah she's not jellical enough to go to the jellical ball right she's not very jellical at all (laughs) uh and they're like which means we get to do this and then she like half uh robotizes and she's like i am the anti-spiral you guys are fucked and then she phases out of existence so like the whole last thing is simone oh this is after sorry very important that reveal happens after simone uh proposes to her yes they're gonna get married but not anymore Uh uh-huh so and and this is kind of part of the big falling out between him and rossi was like simone you're thinking with your dick and i'm thinking with my brain yeah yeah your brain very clearly which he's not wrong but um 
again, it sticks to him just following what he believes someone else would want him to do. But by the end, once, you know, all that's happened and Simone proves them wrong, and yes, we can fight back against the anti-spiral because fuck letting them determine what we're going to be and right. what we're going to do. Uh, so the big thing is that Simone wants to get Nia back. Yeah. They head into outer space specifically to get her. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they defeat the anti-spiral in this big galaxy robot fight that we've mm-hmm. alluded to. Yep. Oh, and, and it goes from... Sorry, this is the one time that the uh, joke ramp is real. Uh, every time they ramp up, it's like... It's a tier. You go you go from a uh, 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 50-foot mech to a 100-foot mech to a two... It's, it's exponential. Exactly. To a 250-foot mech to a warship carrier that's like a thousand feet and you're like holy shit this is really big this time though and then it's a moon this time though the ramp goes from not a city it goes from that battleship mech to the moon to galaxy like this Uh, time there's a black hole at one point right combined with (laughs) yeah they combine right so the the final four episodes is where the uh the uh the meme gurren logan ramp is true in a big way but it it works so they go in to get nia they go up they go up to get nia they ramp yeah. up and when they do get her back turns out uh-oh her time is numbered now she's not going to be around much longer right the anti-spiral literally control her existence they can right. just shut and the it fact off. that they were able to actually like restore her back to normal for even a short amount of time is like a miracle mm. of the, the the miracle of human willpower of the right. spiral energy right but it basically just buys her a day. Yep. And during that day, like in the in the ending, Simone and her get married and she fades away like right after they finish the ceremony. Yeah. And at that point everyone's like, Hey, wait, we like we like have the super galaxy Gurren Logan and we can like we can like do all this stuff. Like, isn't there some way we can like I don't know, fuck with time and get her back? And it's like, No, no, we're not gonna do that yeah. because Part of what made us who we are today is the people we've lost. We wouldn't be where we are if we hadn't lost Kamina. I wouldn't be the person I am if I hadn't lost Nia. We're going to move forward for right. their sakes. The real Gurren Lagann is the friends we lost along the way. Yes. Right. That's the moral of the story. It, it's, it's, I actually, now that you remind me of the ending because I had forgotten it, it reminds me a lot of the Angel Beats ending, but in a happy way, not an emotionally devastating way. You've seen Angel Beats, right? <laughs> I actually haven't seen all of the Oh my god, so. the ending. That's one you've got on me. Okay, so I won't say the ending, but it's a very similar ending, except it's sad. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it, and now I'm very sad. Um, but yeah, it, it's like the... Because all the way up until this point, even though Simone has gotten progressively more confident and progressively more um, sh- assured of what he can and should be, he still has maintained his, like, cowardice. They don't completely strip that when he starts heading into outer space. Like, yeah, he's confident, but then when shit goes wrong, he's kind of looking around like, we got to do this, and then he remembers Kamina and the glasses, and, like, he gets there. This is, like, the moment where he's like, I know what all of this meant. I know what they were talking about, and I know what we can do. I think one of the important things that it underscores is that living your life the way that, that the show wants you to, like Kamina does, like Simone does. Yeah. It's difficult. It may even be unrealistically difficult. Mm-hmm. It uh, There will be hardship. There will be loss. It may be practically impossible. It may only be possible in the world of Gurren Lagann. Right. 
That doesn't mean it's not worth trying, though. Right. Like, you may experience loss. You may experience hardship. You may experience suffering. That doesn't mean that you should give up. Right. Yeah, it's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in a good way. It's depressing in that you're like, oh, maybe I could be like that sort of a way. Uh, and, again, that's kind of the opposite of uh, Evangelion, again, where Evangelion's yeah. like, if you want to live, it's going to be hard, and you need to be aware of that. Yeah, Evangelion's like, hey, guess Whereas what? Whereas Lagan is like, yes, that is true, but fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put my nose up to you, good sir. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so I don't want to uh, recap all of Evangelion, but I want to I just really quick touch on a little bit more about that show. I, I think the one thing I really like that they do the same in very different ways shinji does get an acceptance ending mm. shinji it, again like you said it's because congratulations well the congratulations is hilarious <laughs> and wonderful um but the final episode where he gets to go through like his dream scenario he thinks about what he's failed at what he succeeded at is anyone proud of him does he actually care um all that all that flash scenery because the last episode is like five second clips just thrown in your face over and over again moving through everything. a lot of like reused scenes from earlier in the show that they just change the dialogue in yeah which and again it's kind of the budget running out so yeah you know, and it's you can. and it's very jarring but it also is completely showing you like shinji every episode has questioned everything he's ever done and still doesn't believe in what he's doing but now that he's in the instrumentality it's it's even his acceptance is against his will like, even his... That's one of the things, I guess, that's very different. Even the fact that he has no choice but to choose to accept it now is actually outside of his choice. Mm. He has no choice but to accept it because it's been forced. Mm -hmm. It's really messed up. He, he exists in everything now, so he may as well be happy that he no longer exists, uh, well, in the life he had before, which was filled with so much wrong with it. The, the the choice that he really has at the end, like, he has to accept instrumentality one way or the other. Right. He kind of gets to determine what instrumentality means yeah. for him, though, whether he wants to be isolated forever or whether he wants to be part of the collective human consciousness. Right. And he chooses to be part of it, mm -hmm. which is awesome for someone like him who is... They, they do a good thing in the beginning of the show where they're like, how do you do this? He's like, well, you someone told me to. I, it's when he's doing chores or some shit like that and he's right. being chastised like he's pretty much doing things because people are manipulating him into yeah. it or telling it they'll either tell him to do it they'll order him to do it or they'll emotionally manipulate him like okay well you don't have to do it but if you do all if you don't all your friends will die yeah. and it'll kind of be your fault uh, can you live with that sure and <laughs> from the smallest scale to the largest scale his answer is just always like it's easier to just do it than not <laughs> like, like he's eeyore yeah he's very much eeyore he's just like ah fuck it. all right after being told to shut up and get in the robot um and and at the end like that didn't go away <laughs> that didn't stop he is still being told what to do but on a much he never really figures out like how to be himself yeah. in that show he never figures out what he wants Sometimes, like, the, the question comes up, but he never has an answer yeah. for it. Also, the movie tries to redeem the father in the corniest fucking way ever. Mm. The end of Evangelion movie tries to... What's think, his name? Guro? Uh, Gendo. Gendo? I think it's important to say the frame of reference here. 
neither of us have watched the rebuild movies. No, and I've heard they're all so, right, and they're they're all the rage right now. But yeah, we've seen uh, Eva, we've seen the series, we've seen End of Evangelion, which is the movie that was uh, two years our, later. Our frame of reference for Evangelion is what most people's frame of reference for it was until very recently. Yeah, unless you lived in Japan. Yes. Um, and it's just like the the movies specifically are like they not only do they elaborate on how terrible gendo is and the fact that he killed his wife they try to redeem him and act like he's doing it all to revive his wife and that's fucking terrible it's kind of there in the the original series as well but it's honestly i think one of the hardest things to to come to terms with in the original series is just exactly what gendo is after and how that differs from sele so in, in because the Sele sh- definitely wants to bring about instrumentality, and so does Gendo. In the show, my interpretation in the show is that Sealy wants to stop the angels. Gendo says, "Let the angels do whatever the fuck they want," because I'm going for the instrumentality. But in they the both m- want instrumentality to happen. Sele so I didn't get that until the movie. Okay. The movie doesn't hide it. The show maybe hit it, and I missed it. The movie doesn't hide it. The movie's like... No, the show. The big thing in the show is that uh, Sailor is the one who sent uh, Kaoru. And Kaoru was... The uh, angel. A, yeah, an angel yeah. as a ploy to kickstart instrumentality. Oh, yeah, that's a good By point. getting him in contact with Adam. Right. See, that's a, that's a thing in the background that I very obviously missed. And I'm okay with missing that because I never had to worry about Seelie because Seelie's never fleshed out. In the show. <laughs> it's a vague council of talking yeah. heads. In the show, you see him like four times. All they ever do is tell Gendo that he's a fuck. And that's yeah. it. So, like, in the show, you get to do what you want and put it together, and that's fine. <laughs> the show is a lot of Sele going, like, oh, that fuck Gendo. I hate him <laughs> yeah. so much. And then Gendo goes, like, oh, those fucks at Sele. Yeah. I hate them so much. So, in the show, I got to think Gendo was after the instrumentality. Sealy was against not letting Gendo do that. Uh, and, obviously, he wins. The movie, though, is, like, way more assertive with Sealy being, like, we're doing the instrumentality. And Gendo's, like fuck yeah we are and it's like wait why are you fighting about this like you both want it i'm gonna do instrumentality but i'm gonna do it my way yeah the movie the movie even does like a full 10 minute council scene with all of the shadowy figures talking about starting the instrumentality like it is not hidden in the movie it it tells you to your face that they're doing it and then gendo goes okay start the uh what you call the impact three Third impact. The thir- start the third impact because I'm going to start the instrumentality. And you're like, but they said they were going to start. No, no, no. I'm going to start. It's like, and then they get pissed at him like, he's trying to start the instrumentality. And you're like, yeah, didn't you want that? What? what? Who wants it? And the fact that he wants it to get his wife back when it's already established that he didn't care about his wife and he killed her. What? What, what does that mean? Yeah, um, like you can't have it both ways. Like that does. And Ray. Well, Ray is also completely obliterated by the movie. Ray is destroyed. She's a clone of a clone of a clone who's also an angel who gets taken over by uh, the Eve. And just, so let me let me point out. Uh, I think this will answer a lot of your questions. And maybe it's kind of a non-answer. Maybe it's kind of a no prize here. But. What Evangelion is really trying to do thematically is say that the big problem with all these characters is that they aren't honest with each other and they aren't honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. That they are putting themselves at cross-purpose 
because they repress everything about themselves. Right. Like Shinji represses everything to do what people want them to do. Mm-hmm. Asuka is like the most sexually repressed person in the universe. Yeah. And uh, is also incredibly selfish and yeah. just works at cross purposes to everyone. Ray doesn't talk Ray's just like re- ever. Ray's just literally um, repressed. Gendo is so up in his own head that he won't share his plans with anyone. Sally doesn't communicate with anyone because they're so assured of what they... So I feel like the intent of Gendo and Sally wanting the same things but working at cross-purposes is because all of these characters are too much of idiots to talk to each other and figure shit out. And I feel like that's on theme with the show. That that yeah. is part of what that's fair. they're trying to get across. And that definitely works um, with uh, Madame... Uh, uh, the main girl that's teaching everybody. Uh, Misato. Uh, yeah, Misato. Yeah, she's also terrible she, at communicating. She has sex with a guy she hates because she can't deal with not doing any of that. She refuses to let anyone know about the relationship. She, she, she pretends her... to care about Shinji, but she's just kind of vicariously trying to make up for the mistakes her own also, mother made with her. that is by far the worst part of the movie. She just got shot. She gives Shinji a kiss and says, there's a whole lot more where that came from if you save the world. And you're like, fucking, he's 14. You're in your 20s and you had butt sex earlier, which, by the way, it is butt sex. They very clearly are like, that doesn't go there. And he's like, you'll like it. And she goes, you're right, I do like it. That is word (laughs) for word how it happens. It is weird that that's in the show. It's a very uh, get the butter situation. I, I don't like it. But anyways... The fact that she promises sex to inspire like, him is weird. So I feel like in the original, uh, in the original series, Misato is a terrible person. Yes, because again, she doesn't. She she pretends to care about Shinji, but she's not actually emotionally supportive of Shinji. Yeah, a lot of it is trying to manipulate him. A lot of it is trying to like vicariously fix the mistakes her own mother made with her as well as stick very it to, little regard to Shin- as yeah. well as stick it to gendo and the crew because she doesn't agree with them from a right and i feel like end of evangelion standpoint. was like oh you didn't get that misato's also supposed to be a horrible person we're just gonna lay it on real <laughs> yeah. thing like end of evangelion i feel like as an experience it's like oh oh you say you didn't get yeah <laughs> evangelion well let me tell you in no uncertain terms yeah it is it is the most like I'm gonna hit you in the head with word by word what we're doing, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I hated it. <laughs> I hate. And the the only thing I liked about it is also by far the most egregious overtelling, and that is the actual third impact. <laughs> when your when your end story and hey, the, there's some really neat imagery there though. That's what I'm saying. When your end story and your plot is the instrumentality which exists outside of the real world. Well, in it, you know what I mean. But you want to spend roughly 22 minutes just showing these angel things evolve, unfold, and encapsulate the world? It is the most wasted time I've ever seen just to show you that there was never hope. And you're like, fucking no. We've already done most of Evangelion. I feel like we're doing Evangelion in this episode. No, no, no. We're done. We're done. We're doing it. I can't do more Evangelion because it's going to make me mad. Because I do love it. This is a... you know what? It's kind of like Hunter Hunter. Evangelion is Hunter Hunter for me. Like, the shit I loved, my God, I want to watch it again and experience it again. But the shit I hate... No, you know what? Here's the difference. The stuff I hate about Evangelion, I hate personally. The stuff I hate about Hunter Hunter, I don't understand why other people also don't hate. 
Hunter Hunter I hate from like a Hunter Hunter's just like this is a weird storytelling choice. I'd wish they'd done that different. Right. Evangelion is like, oh, they chose that. I'm not vibing with it. <laughs> so I that there's a little bit of a difference there, but yeah, it is very similar in that I love the majority, but the things I hate are really starting to get to me. Um, and I have no bad feelings. And I'm excited for Code Geass. Like I said, I, it should be a, a, a nice departure from all that. I know that the ending, not the ending ending, but I know that as the story evolves, the more um, philosophical thematic pieces get, get become bigger and bigger, and that's cool. I'm very excited for that. I'm very interested to see where it lands on the spectrum of the three. My, what I'm considering the three. I know there's a few others, and then Gundam is its own beast. I know there's a few others in the uh, mech genre that are pretty big like the one where the two people hump each other while controlling a mech darling in the franks oh that's not very good no no it it is big so yeah exactly so i gotta check that one out um so i I am interested to see where it lands maybe we'll watch some of that today um we've got more full metal and uh, brotherhood and one piece to do but what what do you so i've already said gurn login to me is the is what i think is both a the better show and b the more enjoyable show which one do you like more? It's Gurren Lagann. You like Gurren Lagann. I can't, de- I can't deny, though, that Evangelion has a very distinct sense of style to yeah. it. Uh, and it is a style that has had wide-reaching influence on everything that came after it. Yeah. Um, it was also kind of the birth of like the anime-first serial uh, serialized TV show. Yeah. Um, because before that, it was pretty much manga adaptations all the way down. Yeah. So, like, without Evangelion, we wouldn't have stuff like Cowboy Bebop. Right. Um, I also um, want to uh, put it on the record, because it's hilarious and everyone talks about it, but people still don't take it to heart for some reason. The creator of Evangelion has said to all of the people, you're overthinking it, calm down. (laughs) And yet all of the fans treat that as a way to be like, he's messing with us. It's a very, it's a very stylistic show. It's a very, it's a very like, there's a lot of artistry in how the show uses its imagery and its storytelling. And it's, it's not cinematography and animation. It's more like storyboarding, but the way it chooses to convey information, I think is way more interesting than the information that is actually conveyed. Bingo. And the author has gone on, or the creator has gone on record as saying, that's probably true. You are take like because people have full like list breakdowns of each scene, and he and he said I think you told it to me or Craig told it to me that he was like I just think that that Christian imagery is cool. Yeah. No, I'm not actually putting Bible themes in the show. I just think that's cool. But people are like you're playing with me. This has got more. And he's like, No, <laughs> I was really depressed when I wrote it. These characters are really fucked up, and I think this looks cool. Yep. Okay. Pretty much. I won't say that there's no artistry. To oh my God! There's so much there, artistry. There yeah. is. It's just not in the story and themes. Yes. It exactly. is in other places. Yeah. As well, at the very least. Um, Whereas on the flip side, Gurren Lagann actually has a lot more artistry in its story and themes than people give it credit for. Yeah. And all of. But the, it's also a good-looking show. And all of the flash and pizzazz is in the anime. Oh, that's another anime I didn't talk about. I watched in my list. Uh, Inferno Cop. Oh yeah, Inferno. Inferno Cop. Cop's fucking awesome. When, when a lot of the people who made uh, Gurren Lagann went off to make their own studio, yeah. Studio Trigger, which who also is... made Darling in the Franks, and they're also a part of the um, animation studios making the Star Wars episodes. 
So that's going to be very exciting. I, I wonder what that'll look like. But yeah, they uh, they went on a shoestring budget and just made on YouTube an original anime series. It's literally Inferno paper Cop. cutouts that they move side to side, and it's <laughs> there awesome. is like no animation in Inferno yeah. Cop, and it's gr- it's, it's better ridiculous. for it. Yeah, like if there was good animation, it would be bad. The fact that you take it away allows the silliness to like enhance what's going on. Um, but yeah, so okay, let's wrap. And there, there, that show ends in. Uh, the third destruct finale so yeah and that show that show has the same ending as devil man cry baby you meet god everything dies and we restart like it's the same ending as devil man cry baby god shows up pretty early in that show actually well that's true too it's a short show it's like what 13 episodes four minutes each or something i feel like though that in doing this we did basically get our thoughts uh on Evangelion out uh i I feel like at this point we don't need another podcast for it maybe after we see rebuild then i am excited to watch rebuild so that's a good point that's maybe something we should i should have downloaded that for this weekend uh, but yeah, let's... it's five hours of goddamn Evangelion. <laughs> that's that's a lot to digest in one sitting. I can do it. Uh, so let's wrap it up there. Um, I thought that was super great. Uh, moral of the story, final thoughts. Uh, you know, with Jerry's final corner. What is it called? Jerry Spring. Jerry Spring Springer's. Uh, he sits on a chair and tells you like, "Don't do drugs, kids." Like, I don't remember what his final corner is, but um, I can't remember. Gurren Lagann is uh, super fun while giving you more if you choose to watch it, and even if you don't enjoy the anime battles, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. Evangelion is not necessarily fun but it's super interesting and you will be confused watch the final two episodes twice and it'll be better mm. i love both shows almost equally i think they're great um and i'm excited to watch more we gotta finish uh jujitsu we're gonna watch demon slayer and then the list goes on mm. i think though the next time we podcast we should maybe discuss whether or not griffith did anything wrong griffith is the i will do seven episodes on berserk that m- almost is better than One Piece to me, and that's saying something. There it's is not. so much to talk about with Griffith. It is, it is with not. Just Griffith alone. Yeah. You just could do Griffith, a seven podcast Just series. Griffith from the anime. I haven't even read the manga yet, and I'm going to, and I'm very excited. And that's um, not to say Guts is uninteresting either. Oh my god, it's such a good show. It's so good. It's Okay, so it's not better than One Piece. One Piece will always be my number one. Let's, let's see our thoughts on Berserk. It's a hard number Berserk two podcast. for me. I love that show. Uh, but until next time, I'm Kevin. And I'm DJ. Thank you for listening.